This is a production from The Companion. Sci-fi served fresh. Welcome to my interview with somebody I worked with a couple of decades ago now on The Outer Limits. He has written and produced a number of amazing shows, including Star Trek The Next Generation, Farscape, CSI for All Mankind, and he is currently the showrunner on The Expanse. From The Companion, this is my conversation in sci-fi with my friend and the incredibly smart Narain Shankar. A quick note before we begin the podcast. If you're a big Stargate fan, you might want to sign up to our membership on The Companion and listen to the full conversation. It's for our members. The episode is twice as long, there's a bit more depth, and they talk about a wider range of topics that I think the more insider fan would be into. And for a limited time, you can sign up to The Companion and save 50% on annual memberships. The link is below. Thanks, and enjoy the show. Bradley! <laughs> How are you, man? I am well, and you? Hey, not too bad. Not too is bad. Is that your office, or are you at home? It's my office in my home. <laughs> um, I meant it. Are you at yeah. work? It's... No, hell no. I haven't been. A, I haven't been there in a year plus. <laughs> of course, of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, I thought maybe it was starting to open up again. That's why I, I'm asking everybody that. Are you in a Are you in a workplace? <laughs> it, it 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 is starting to open up, and in LA, is, I think doing reasonably well. But the funny thing on the expanse is that every year after we'd wrap, I would do all like almost the entirety of post from home. Right. So. Even in even when the pandemic started, I was already in that process. So, like, weirdly, my day to day didn't change all that much. <laughs> Neither did I. I mean, Debbie's an artist, and she was in her studio doing her work, and I was writing pilots, and it, it made no difference. There you go. I, I, I had to wear a mask at the grocery store. That was the only difference. Exactly. Exactly. And there was no yeah. toilet paper in the grocery store. That was that was the first panic. Exactly. The, the toilet paper. My wife started making bread and trading it to friends for toilet paper. <laughs> That is, that is that's quite clever actually that's, uh, oh, yeah we're right straight back to a barter economy that's exactly what we did oh my god that's brilliant that's that's the way to go right yeah oh god all the people making gravel grommets are out of work that's it so i can't believe i, I guess we could just launch in but it's good to see you same here man uh you know what's funny i i i guess it was about 14 months ago last march you and I, uh, I'm walking into Amazon for a pitch meeting and you're walking out. And I said, Narain? And you went, Brad? And everybody <laughs> with us are going, who the hell are these people? How do they know each other? And we go to give each other a hug. And immediately, like the nerds we are, realize we can't do that because right. they, they hadn't announced that it was a pandemic yet, but we, we knew they were going to. And in fact, in fact, that was my last day in LA that was my last meeting I just got the hell out of there and I was yeah. you know it was just days before they closed down the whole country yeah I remember that I was like they were like oh yeah we'll get together it's like no, no. <laughs> <laughs> although I I hear you're you're uh not I hear I know you're 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 thinking of uh coming up here and getting a residence up here and, yeah uh, yeah that, that's that's that, underway yeah we're um, that's good we put down we put down some money on a place. Um, it's going to be ready in about uh, I think about a year and a half. So um, that's what they tell you. I know, I know. Although yeah. they are sending pictures of the construction site, so I know it's actually there. <laughs> that's good. That's good. 
I bought uh, I bought in when I bought my Toronto condo. It was uh, they had a timeline that was going to be fine, mm-hmm. and uh, and I was looking forward to it. And and uh, but there was one person in one of the buildings that was squatting, oh, no. like one of the one of the houses that was like nobody nobody was living in it, but somebody there was a squatter there, and it held the process back for like almost a year because you you know that you can't just go in and drag these people out it was quite terrifying i i was so amazed when i went to toronto when we started the expanse because i had not been in toronto in almost like since i was in university i, I like 25 years i had transformation been I, the last time i was there was because we had a we had a chapter of my fraternity at ut and we would go up there right. for, for russian stuff and so um uh, for initiation and um we went to the CN Tower late at night because there was like this 24-hour Italian delicatessen that was supposed to be quite good. And and it was parking lots, nothing yeah. but parking lots around the CN Tower. And just, it was like, it was like a demilitarized zone. It felt like just like empty, you know, and I go back to Toronto six years, seven years ago for the expanse. And that's where we were at. It, it was, I, I couldn't even square it in my brain. It was so no. different. Yeah, going through the Gardner Expressway through the city core is, I mean, my image is Tranter from. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah right. That's Absolutely. what it feels like. Yeah, yeah. It, it it's was like uh, all city. I know, I know. It's um, yeah. So it was, and I I love Toronto, but I I have missed Vancouver uh, for for all these. My little brother lives in Vancouver. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he oh, so you have a lead. You have a you have a foothold of family. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's pretty. I gotta say, you know, I, I have a I have a I have a foot in both worlds, and and uh, the, with the pandemic has taught me one thing, and that is, why do I have a place in Ontario? <laughs> because I couldn't go there. It's where it's it's where our families are from. It's where I grew up, and and I and I have this I had this pull there, you know, this thing that was dragging me there, and it may have been repaired by um, by absence. <laughs> well, absence I, made the heart grow less fonder in this case i, I suppose it's gonna be a change i mean we, we're, i'm not 100 percent sure if we're gonna sell our place here um or keep it um but it's gonna be a big change i mean i've been in la for 30 years no kidding no kidding which is roughly when we started working together yeah uh 90 94 not quite 30 years oh, 94 90, 95 no, for you 96 i think was the first year that i came in because it was season three of outer was, oh, was it three? I thought it was two. Okay. Okay. Oh yeah. I remember now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. I, I, those were, I mean, you and I have talked about this at, at my AMA, but yeah. I would, I would, that was my dream job. Yeah. That was absolutely my dream job. Yeah. The, the idea of just doing one, you know, one half, one hour of one project with a cast. Yeah. It wasn't really a pilot. It was a story. Right. So you didn't, and and uh, we didn't have enough money, of course. Oh my God. What's that I, like? <laughs> I, I was thinking about that actually yesterday. I was like looking at this on my calendar, going, "We did that show for like a million five, I think." Uh, we we started with less. Seasons one <laughs> and two, we had less. Um, and can, can you imagine? I like I, I wouldn't even know where to begin. <laughs> well, the thing is, the thing is, it cost, as you well know, it costs X to open the front door on a, on a yeah. regular show, but you have your standing set you can fall back to. Sure. With the other limits, it was square one every time. 
so that's i mean imagine that imagine doing it for what we did and so you know we would do our big shows and then we would do our really 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 small shows i did another anthology show years later it was was called uh, night visions it was um yeah and and that was you know again remarkably sort of you know psychological anthology twilight zone ish but i think it probably bent more towards horror and ultimately but even that show was like probably three six three eight you know uh an episode i mean it's a lot of years later but it's remarkable what what was accomplished for small money on on, on outer (laughs) it doesn't it doesn't really hold up though it doesn't oh, like, I, I mean, no, I, 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 I am a, I'm a firm believer in, you know, it's like that. Um, it's like, you know, uh, danger don't back up severe tire damage. It's like, that's yeah. like, that's like, <laughs> look at life that way. It's like, don't go back. <laughs> severe what tire a perfect damage. metaphor. What a perfect <laughs> metaphor. Yes. Our tires will get blown. No, but I mean, I mean, my best example for that, for the shit we were doing that Steve Gagan was doing, like, I mean, uh-huh. making, making like ray guns out of, uh, you know, garden tool extensions and spray painting them and say, here, here's your record. <laughs> and then I went to Stargate and I would say to the props department, they give me a budget for something. It's, you know, it doesn't have to be a working ray gun. It just, <laughs> it just needs to look like one. Yep. And, and um, but, but my best example for this was on, on um, I guess it was season two, the, but the light, you would have seen the episode, The Light Brigade uh, oh, yeah. with Will Wheaton and um, Robert Patrick. I mean, talk about ambitious. We built a freaking spaceship on a stage that was and with a giant 30 foot tall and with, and it was all just sonotubes for concrete with ladders in them and hatches that had literally garage, uh, garbage can lids. Yeah. Uh, and and it, in, in standard def, on, you no, know. No, it, that, it, that, was, that was the secret weapon. <laughs> the shitty resolution of the screen. Oh, thank goodness for that. Put some more Vaseline on the lens. You can still see it. <laughs> But now, and what a segue from from that to what you're doing now. Oh my God, the absolute state of the art of visual effects and and numbers of sets and and scope of of storytelling. And I mean, my God, the expanse. (laughs) And I bet you still don't have enough money. Oh, we don't. We're done, I I think, quite responsibly. I mean, we had way more money on For All Mankind than we did on The Expanse. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, but for all my can though, again, you're you're it's there's a ton of one-time visual effects, right? Uh on for all mankind? Um yeah. sort of. Um it, it's it was a lot of you know building set extensions of um the old uh space program buildings, the cape. A lot of uh, money on talent too. Yeah, much more money above the line. Um but yeah. um, but but yeah, I mean, it, the show changes a little bit once you get to the moon in the second season, and then it get, becomes a little bit more, you know, reusage. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, you're right. Yeah, and, but it's done at a very high level of fidelity. I mean, because the, well, it the, looks it looks like it looks like you're there. I mean, that's yeah, that's, that's. I mean, yeah, yeah. And well, the, I love there's I love the I love the, I'm I'm call, I I credit you. I I don't know whether you deserve it or not, but I'm crediting you anyway <laughs> because little things like. Uh, when, when in, in Expanse, when they're on the moon and, and, uh, and, and she pours a drink and the liquid pours out at, you know, yeah. 
a fraction of one G, not not the whole. It doesn't pour; it just sort of dribbles out beautifully. You are, you mean, are that, not, you're not wrong to credit me, but but <laughs> I, will, I will I will in turn credit the novelists who made those little moments in their books. I mean, like even even on like in the very first novel, which is set on series station, a big chunk of it, which is which has been spun up right to create gravity. So like the further you get away from the surface, the more you have a Coriolis effect. So when people right. the liquid just kind of spirals down and deflects, they write that in the book. They thought that we wouldn't do it in the show. And I was like, no, I really like that. We're gonna do that. And then similarly on the moon, it's like, because you normalize very quickly, but fluids are still fluids. So you could actually see it. And and the visual effects guys did a great job with it. It's like- it's, They did. It's, it's, it's like, even like when you pour a drink, it's like, even if it's not even in the shot, really, it's just kind of slowly settling in the glass kind of, and just kind of sloshing around. But I, I love touches like that. I mean, it's- just, I do too, I do too. And it's funny when we were going back to the Outer Limits and we'll bounce all over the place, I'm sure. But going back to the Outer Limits, you, you were by far, I mean, by a million years, the most qualified person in terms of science. <laughs> and- than anybody within within a hundred miles of that show, <laughs> and until then, a guy with a theater degree, me, was the other was the only bastion <laughs> of of science on that show, and it was so weird. And and I think fortunately, I think people like you and 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 the more and the, you know as as television and film have become more television, I think become more sophisticated. In, in its recognition of how things should look and how things work in the real world. In the, back in the day, uh, I mean, in season one, I remember saying, I mean, things that would drive me nuts, like you, you get a creature that is apparently about to take over the planet earth right. without any opposable thumbs. <laughs> how do they build this ship? They're like claws, <laughs> I don't know, I, I'm pretty sure we're in good shape here. <laughs> it's so annoying. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, television has caught up in a lot of ways. I, I would often we would talk about on the Expanse is how rarely television science fiction has gotten you know space and physics and reality even close to right. You, you kind of have to go back to two thousand and one. I mean, that movie was made in what nineteen fifty seven. You know, yeah. <laughs> like and and Kubrick kind of got everything right. You know, and, yeah. and and a lot of people got shit ton wrong. <laughs> So, um, but it was, it was nice kind of recapturing those kinds of things for the expanse. I, I don't mind if you have like Star Trek. Okay. Well, there's yeah. some sort of artificial gravity yeah. that is, that is, that is doing that. But if you have artificial gravity, that means you have a whole ton of other things at your disposal. <laughs> and, and uh, in terms of, you know, science and, and fields and, and removing inertia uh, as the, now, did you come up with inertial dampening field? Was that you or was that No, else? I think that was way early on the show. Um, I, I can't remember if it was in the original series. It may have been, but... Um, oh, no, no, no. It was never, it was never it mentioned. It was not in the original, original show. Okay. No. Then it, was, it would have been something that... It would have been Mike Okuda and Rick Sternbach had, had really... Oh, those guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, 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 Okuda and his wife, Denise, were technical advisors on For All Mankind. Oh, that is great! I didn't know yeah. that. Ron, Ron Moore brought uh, he brought a bunch of people over from uh, from the old days, uh, but the um, but yeah, they had developed a whole 
underlying language of, of like, you know, Star Trek's, you know, fake science. I mean, science in, in real quotes. No, but it was an internal, it was cohesive in it. And internal, had, yeah. yeah. I mean, to, to the extent that you had to break them every episode to have a story. Of course. <laughs> and I always thought you and I would talk about this for, for people who are actually scientists. Yeah. Writing science fiction is diff is difficult because you you immediately go no, uh -huh. and there's the thermodynamics is <laughs> it's like you have to turn that part of your brain off, right. and and uh, but the and the smarter you the more entrenched you are in, in those things the uh, you know the more the more going outside it is a bit of a leap right but as long as there is some sort of cohesive structure like I, I like using Star Trek I sure you have inertial dampening fields but it's not quite perfect so you still fall to the left and to the right whenever you're hit by something and uh yeah because you have to because if you just stood there <laughs> it would look that exciting um no. the uh, one of one of the things actually that that attracted me to doing the expanse because I I had been away from science fiction for quite a while for about like, well yeah um, because I, I hadn't found it particularly interesting. And Star Trek was, it was never hard science. It was really, it was allegorical. It, it, yeah. You know, it, it really, it was about, it was not about that. And the thing that was interesting about The Expanse, because even in the novels, was the guys had used the reality of space to create drama and in a way that I hadn't actually seen before. They, they embraced the science of it to create it and, and then added politics. They absolutely did. I mean, and, yeah. and, and so that actually was what was attractive to me about it because yeah. it was like, if we could actually commit, I mean, the only thing I asked when I came in to meet on the show was, it's like, are you, are you actually going to support this with the dollars to actually make the show? Because that was the reason to kind of do it because it felt like you could make something that I hadn't really seen yet. So, but that was sci-fi, right? Um, Alcon Television and sci-fi, yes. Yeah, that, that was the um, the U the U.S. broadcast was sci-fi. <clears throat> yeah, initially seasons one through three. Right. So, and that was how long ago? Uh, we Seven started, years. Yeah, twenty fourteen in the summer of twenty fourteen, basically. Right. So summer, summer, spring of twenty fourteen. I have a pilot at sci-fi. Yeah. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. Uh -huh. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh dear. And uh, and it is about it's it's interesting because the expanse kind of went there. Mm -hmm. It is about uh, uh, it began with a uh, a rover on Mars uh, coming across a structure that that had been completely covered over by Martian dust hundreds mm -hmm. of years for and and it was in fact like uh, and it and it opens up. The rover falls into this um, thing. We send, uh, you know, years later, we send a ship. We explore this place. Turns out it's like a repository left for us of stuff, of, 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 of all the means to get to space and all the weapons to defend ourselves against all the people and all the aliens who are out there who are going to come after us the minute they find out we've gone to Mars. <laughs> Basically... Basically, it's this. It's 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 uh, it's like Stargate. It's like it's the opposite of what you're saying. But because I've always wanted to do, I love storytelling in, in close to the here and now. But mm -hmm. our science and our and our, I mean, it drives me nuts when you know, let's get on the rocket ship and go to another planet. I don't know. We're nowhere near that. But if we were to find like like the Stargate, frankly, it was the same thing. This means to go elsewhere. Uh, this this sudden ability to go to other worlds. Anyway, that was that never got made because the expanse did, and uh, and uh, that that was absolutely you know probably better uh, for for me in the long run because uh, 
it, I would never have had the money to do what I wanted to do either. You know what I mean? I, yeah. Uh, and they did. I mean, the expense, they spent the money. It looked like money, even from the beginning. But now we were, we were, we were pretty strapped. I mean, I, I have to say it was, it was a challenge. It still looked it, good. It, it, we, we did pretty well, I think, with what we had. And, and it, even, even in the first year on Amazon, it was, it was a little bit tight um, because Alcon television is not, is, they're not a huge company and they don't do a lot. So they're an indie feature company. Right. This was their, their first foray into television. And um, so it was, um, like I said, it wasn't, we, we didn't have the latitude that we did had we been at a bigger studio. Um, so, you know, that, that was challenging, but the last couple of years, we definitely, you know, Amazon stepped up and um, I think the show finally got to really look, I think, better. Than there are some shots in season five uh, that are like feature Thank scope, you. like, Thank you. And, and, and it's great. It's terrific. And, and um, you know, it's a very broad international cast. It, it's, it's breaking a lot of barriers and it's good. But I mean, it's not the only thing you've done. You've been, you've been doing this uh, uh, pretty much as long as I have. I remember me wishing I had worked on Stargate. I remember lamenting with you. Oh God, I'd love to work on that show. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. Sitting at Swiss Chalet <laughs> with you telling me that the dipping sauce that I was using was absolutely horrific and I can't believe, <laughs> I do not believe I would eat it. <laughs> that was the worst. I, I, well, it's, it's, it's a, there must be a gene, like the same people who don't like uh, cilantro. Uh, cilantro. Yeah. <laughs> there must be a special like dipping sauce gene that's the same, <laughs> operates the same way. Oh my God. And that's I remember it. when you left, was it you left or when I just went to Stargate and, and knew well, I would never be coming back full time? Well, you, you went off, you did the pilot, I think, in season four, right? Or season three? That's right. No, it was season four. We wrote it in season three. You wrote it in season, three. season four. Season four, and then by season five, you were... Well, we were ostensibly supposed to be involved in the show, uh, John and I. I mean, you were, you were still there. I mean, but you had Sam, and then Carlton was there, and then... Right. But, but, but you know, so... But, but you guys were there. I mean, we were all in the same place, so... But yes, but you were, that was definitely taking, that was definitely taking your focus. Oh my God. I remember passing you in the, uh, you know, in the back and forth. And yeah, yeah. One, I had two contacts on, one from one show and one from another. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on there, right? I don't know. Oh, what do I do? Oh, well, man. but I lived in, I, you know, I, yeah. I wasn't displaced. I mean, I wasn't in another, like, I didn't try to, I didn't have to go home. To LA right. on weekends. I just drove right. home to, at night to my, you know, to I, my house. I never went home. I never went home to LA. So it's like I just, I just didn't, I didn't like that back and forth stuff. A couple people did, but I just couldn't deal with that. I mean, even even oh, all, a lot of those guys did. Uh, even when I was in Toronto, like I would go there for like a couple, like several months at a time because I just, I can't go back and forth like that. It's just, it just wears me out. Well, especially Toronto because you're in a different time zone. Oh yeah, yeah, and that's I've, what kills me. Yeah. It, it, it's the time zone and it's especially as i get older <laughs> it's true i mean i used to be able to bounce around no problem yeah. Yeah. when we were doing uh my my wife and kids would go to we have a cottage in ontario that's the place i'm talking about and yeah. and they would go for the summer but i would want to see my kids right so i i would i would um i would get on the red eye on friday night you let you know you land at six you, yeah. or, 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 10 to 6. I'd get a rent, I'd rent a car. I'd be at the cottage by 8.30. I'd spend Saturday. I'd get up Sunday morning, go back to... I did, I did that like Rough. three or four times a summer. 
It take, it uh, it does weigh on you a little exhausting. bit. Exhausting. That's exhausting. I just yeah. you know, it's like especially when you're working, it's like the weekends are like the only time you get a little bit of time. You know, Toronto was mad cap nonstop like every day and then the weekends i was just you know i'd be catching up on dailies <laughs> that's just like most of the well weekends. exactly you're still working you're just working it from a to it on an easier thing i i uh on, depends on your show like on travelers it was a small show and all my writers were young and mm-hmm. uh, and relatively inexperienced so i was i was rewriting a lot yeah which is fine it's part that's of the it. game and mm-hmm. and um i mean every show, showrunner unless you get you know eventually this combined voice of hey we all got the voices which is where you want to end up. Yeah. But so every weekend was, was, you know, I'd have to do a pass every weekend. And, uh, but there's good work and there's bad work, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, I, I, I don't know about you. I loved working for Netflix. They were so. I haven't worked for Netflix yet. Uh, well, okay. I loved working for a streamer. I mean, you yeah. did, I mean, Amazon is very similar in that sense. I mean, how fun is it to be able to write the word fuck into a scene you know what? It was funny. We when, even when we were on basic cable on sci-fi, yeah. it's like I, you know, we would write that way because that's what the show was originally intentioned. And sci-fi yeah. said, said, um, you have to change the language. And I said, not gonna. And and they said, well, then we'll have to bleep it out or dub it. And I said, I don't care. And so we never, we actually never changed anything for sci-fi. And they did it because my feeling was that the show was going to live on streaming no matter what. Right. I just, I just thought, I mean, even when I went to, to, even when I went to, to do the show initially, I was like, basic cable is a dying business. It's like, there's no way that they can, there's no way they can win because they're screwed on both sides of the equation. They can't go big enough for high end premium cable and they can't go broad enough for mainstream broadcasting. And so, so my feeling was, well, then, okay, we're going to be on this. This will be our home, but the show will live as a thing on streaming, in which case I'm not going to change the language. And so that's what we did. <laughs> that's smart, but, the, but, but they dubbed it. They did. Uh, which still means your actors are going in and, and doing ADR. And... No, 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 no. We wouldn't dub it. They, they, oh, you they wouldn't do it? Muted it. I, I refused to have them dub it. So I just. Oh, they I, just I, muted it. Of course. I, I, said, I said the same thing. Let's bleep it. Let's just bleep it. They, and they didn't want to. They said, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, they're not going to do it. Here's the funny thing on Travelers, um, because it was cable in Canada, they said, no, you can, you can say, you can, you can say the, the F word. They, they wouldn't even say it. They said, you can say the F word. Just, just don't throw it around so much. And so, and this is, a, this is true. We got, a, we were allowed to say it twice in season one and yes. three times in season two. And I said, oh, we get an extra fuck a year. That's fabulous. <laughs> We, that's so nice you know what I'm, I'm actually i left that one element of the story of the language thing which was initially they were concerned with the number of fucks and this and that we had yeah. and they asked us to tone it down and because we were in that let's play ball with the network phase of the relationship yeah. we did we toned it down we, right. just, we never dubbed it or anything but we would tone it down on the page then while we were on the air mr robot came on which was just right. had tons of bad language all over the place. All over the place, yeah. All over the place. And then the mandate from the network was, oh, you guys can say whatever you want. So then we yeah. wrote up and then they changed their minds again and said, no, no, we think it's too much. And I said, no, <laughs> too late. This is what we're doing you, now. You, in the expanse, you have characters using the F word uh, maybe seven or eight times in one speech. 
liberally. There's one yeah, character yeah. liberally. I, I, that's a well way of putting it. Yeah. I, I think I think it gets a little much, but uh, <laughs> but yes. <laughs> but that, that's it's the nature of who the people are, right? I mean, yeah, in Star true. Trek, I can't really imagine Picard, you know, throwing that word around. It's not his thing, and so I think. It, but but in in uh, and and Stargate, I think we could have probably done it. Yeah, you had definitely. Or you, you had military characters. I think they would have certainly been. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and travelers absolutely because uh, you know they're just people from the future. But but there is a there's a there's a point there's a point where you can where it does break where you go too far depending yeah. on who the character is. Yeah. Because because some people also, and this is the funny part like people, my mother goes ooh you don't have to use that word that much and I go well, mom come on give me a fucking break. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh God. Do you like, do you like, um, do you love show running? Uh, are you at the point now where you can't do another, another thing? Although you weren't really show running for all mankind. You were, you were oh, no, I, I was definitely not show running. Yeah. Time. You were just, um, you know, what? I don't mean that, just, but that was a, that was kind of a unique experience because Ron and I are old friends and yes. he, he, at that point, it looked like the expanse wasn't going to be renewed, and we've been wanting. We've done pilots together, and we've been wanting to work together again for years. And so he said, "Hey, look, I got this idea, and, and we're making a show out of it." And it's like, "Do you want to be involved in it?" And I just like, I was like, "That sounds really fun." And and I, and I told my wife about it. She goes, "You don't have to do that. Like, you're not running that show." I go, "I just think it would be fun." And so I I I was in post on the last on season three of the expanse. And we started this other show and I think had a great time. It's like, you know, he, Ron wrote it with uh, Matt Wolpert and uh, Ben Navidi and, um, and uh, they were great. And it was a fun writer's room. And we had, and as I was like five, six, five months into that show, suddenly the expanse got resurrected from the dead. Yeah. And I, I literally came into the work, I, work that I said, well, Jeff Bezos, bought the show and we're doing more <laughs> and so i finished out that first season and and simultaneously started the the next season of the expanse as we were doing post and so that's why i couldn't stay but it was with the right group of people it's fine i think it's a little harder these days i really do love running shows um yeah and it's they you know do you remember I mean, this is going to be way way back it do you remember um at, on outer they would do like at the end of the year they would like pictures of people with like thought bubbles yeah do you remember that you mean I, they, 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 they would like gagan would do them yeah Did, wasn't yeah. that yeah yeah they, I, I think but the one that i remember that maybe sums it up was it was from the year that carlton was there because he would always fall asleep in the production meetings um, <laughs> after lunch and 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 there was a shot of him asleep that gagan took and 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 carlton's thought bubble was i wish i were back in la and my <laughs> thought bubble because i was sitting there's when i'm in charge dot 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 <laughs> <laughs> i think i remember that i think i remember that from the companion this is brad wright's podcast conversations in sci-fi if you want to listen to the full extended episode Listen to previous interviews, read hundreds of in-depth articles from our journalists, authors, and showrunners, all on a weekly basis, then you can get all that and more by becoming a member today. Do it! It helps keep the companion ad-free and clickbait-free. 
Just click the link below, and for a limited time, you can sign up to the Companion for 50% off your yearly memberships. Thanks for listening and supporting. Hi there. This is Chief Master Sergeant Walter Harriman, your favorite gatekeeper. Have you ever wondered what it takes to become a certified Stargate technician? Well, now you can find out, because I'm going to share my knowledge and experience with a select group of aspiring and enthusiastic gators. I want to give you a chance to be a hero, too. That's why I'm happy to announce that on March 11th, I'll be taking a small number of students for my class, Gate Tech 101. Tickets are on sale now at thecompanion.app slash events. You won't want to miss this because it's not just a Stargate master class. It's a Stargate chief master sergeant class. See you there. But for now, Chevron 7 is locked. <laughs>